I'm going to start, we're going to get into that a little bit in a little while, but I'm going to start with a question and I just want you to reflect on it in your mind. The question is, when was the last time that you felt helpless or if you can't think what the answer to that might be, then here's another version of the same question. What's going on right now in your life that you want some kind of transformation for? So either when was the last time you felt helpless or what's going on in your life right now that you want transformation for? Two questions. Or just you don't have to say anything to anyone. I don't need to know what the answer is. But I'm just going to give you 10 seconds just to ponder that thing and hold that thought in your mind. You've had a series called Just Christian. It's a really interesting title for me to think about as I was preparing myself this week because I am a priest down the road on the highway in Shadwell, but essentially just a Christian, and I have to remember that sometimes. And in a more traditional church where it's really obvious who the priest is, so wearing robes and collars, and so reminding yourself that we are part of the body of Christ is an important thing for those a little bit more traditional to do. But it's also good to be here because it's not really my background. I've kind of morphed into something quite traditional from what was essentially a Pentecostal church growing up. And I suppose my experience has led me into the Church of England and has given me a role that I'm reflecting on. Uh, you've thinking, been thinking about social justice issues, food waste, just war, I think, last week I heard. And my role in the Church of England, East London, is involved in race. Uh, I'm called the Dean of BAME Ministry, Black Asian Minority Ethnic Ministry. That's the kind of title I have. And I've been reflecting on this because I'm not totally satisfied with this BAME thing. So we're going to reflect on that a little bit in the light of the scriptures tonight. Now, as I looked at this passage, I was struck by a phrase in it. And the phrase was, for we are many. For we are many. And as you hold on to the thought that you formed off the back of my question, when was the last time you felt helpless or what thing do you want to see some change around, some transformation, I was thinking about race. And in my experience in the church over the last year or so in this role, unfortunately, racism is still with us. And so it crops up periodically from people who it surprises me it might crop up in and from people who fumble over issues around race, as well as people who perhaps have slightly more sinister motives. And so when I looked at this passage in the light of this, these issues around race, the four we are many, the end of the reading I read to you, struck me. Because there are many issues and slightly overwhelming issues around race. And this man who has been demon-possessed in this story, is overwhelmed by, evil, by an evil spirit. But when Jesus asks this man and speaks directly to, these, to this spirit and asks, who are you? This man speaks with his mouth. The spirit speaks, this evil spirit speaks out to him. We are legion. We are many. 
you know, not one spirit. This man stood no chance. He has been taken over by a whole range of evil spirits who are violently possessing him. Lesion is a military term. An army has a lesion. A lesion is a large group of men, of soldiers, who form a coherent and tight fighting unit. This man stood absolutely no chance from this operation that had taken him over. This number of issues that I think about in race feels overwhelming to me. And as you ponder the thing that matters to you, which could be completely different, perhaps a similar emotion is stirred as well. And I'm struck by that on the inside of this man, there is this coherent lesion, this fighting unit of evil spirits. And the description of this man, if you reflect and look at your Bible later on, you don't have to look at it now, the description of this man is that his clothes are torn, he is wild and chaotic, he lives in the caves on the outskirts of his town, He is out of sorts in every way, completely incoherent. So this system of evil spirits inside of him, which is coherent and works like a fighting machine, has left him completely chaotic and disoriented. And we all have that feeling. I'm reflecting on race myself. You need to reflect on the issue that matters to you. But nonetheless, Jesus transforms his life. And that's what I want to talk about tonight, transformation. And the thing I want to say about transformation, if you take nothing away from the next 10 minutes, is that I'm playing with an idea, and I'm just trying it out on you tonight. And so I want you to reflect on it and help me think about it. And and it's this, that transformation comes about through being known and taking power. Two things, being known and taking power. And when people are known one to another and they agree together to take power, transformation happens. And that this, we can find this in this story and in scripture. For Jesus to transform his life, we have to see the evil spirits for what they are. And they know, once they're exposed to the reality of the world outside of this man who they've taken over, they can go completely wild and can become no longer this tight fighting machine, but become completely incoherent, lose themselves. In the end, they end up being uh, uh, sent into some swine, into some pigs around, and the pigs disappear into the sea. It all self-destructs. Once the evil spirit has been exposed, once the thing that is not good is exposed, it's shown for what it is, and it self-destructs. And the thing that makes that happen is because Jesus knows and is able to speak to these spirits. They they know who Jesus is. They call him the most high God. They know precisely who Jesus is. There is something known between them. And they know that Jesus has power. They know who Jesus is and they know that Jesus has power. And it's this that heals this man, that transforms his life. They recognize his power, and they know that, this, that his power will transform the situation. So as you reflect on the thing that matters to you, the thing that makes you feel helpless, there is a recognition, as I thought about this, around the issues that matter to me, around race and racism, 
that knowing Jesus and understanding his power might transform a situation. So what does it feel like to be known? What does it feel like to be known? We're just going to take one at a time. I know a Roman Catholic sister who has been in her community of sisters for decades. And she's lived in this community. And she can tell when she sat in the lounge, maybe reading a magazine and not being a holy sister, that she can, as she listens to the steps coming, listens to the footsteps coming down the stairs above her, she knows which sister it is that she lives with who is coming down the stairs by the sound of her footsteps. And so she can figure out whether to get rid of the magazine, get her Bible out, whatever. And so the intimacy, the point being, the intimacy of their community is such that the footsteps above her head, she goes, oh, that's Sister Margaret. I better get my Bible out. Or it's Sister Sarah. She can read the magazine with me, whatever. It's this knowing that we're after as brothers and sisters. It's a depth of knowing that we're after. That's what we're after. And transformation, by the way, is not the description of some of change. It's a different thing to change. We're after something that gets so close to we get so close to one another that our lives begin to morph into something completely different. It's not like when my children say, We're tired of orange juice for breakfast, Dad, we want apple juice. And then they have apple juice for a while. That's not transformation. They'll get tired of that too and switch to milk or pineapple juice. That's just change. What we're after is deep transformation. So the idea that being known together with taking power is what matters to us. And it's also who Jesus is, the one we follow, our prize, our high calling. God comes to the earth, and the the, the passage that describes God coming to earth is the word being made flesh, God coming among us, God, the power of God, being made flesh like us, becoming known. Power and, and knowledge is what brings about transformation. It's not just another change in history that's going on when God comes to earth in Jesus. It's the transformation of the whole world. So let's talk about BAME, this B-A-M-E, Black, Asian, Minority, Ethnic. If I say B-A-M-E to you, or BAME, I wonder what you think. Have a little think now, and be honest. I'm not going to be offended by what you think. If I just say, when I said at the beginning, I'm the dean of B-A-M-E ministry, I'm interested in BAME things. How did it make you feel? I asked someone this, who I know and trust, and they said in their mind, if their mind was an image, it would be eyes rolling. Be, oh, here we go. BAME, B-A-M-E, Black, Asian, Minority, Ethnic, Problems, Issues, Challenges. I think many things. I think, well, maybe there's something about wonderful diversity, Black, Asian, Minority, Ethnic. It's a heck of a lot of people in the world. It's, it's the majority of people in the world. And so you think, wow, wonderful diversity. But you also think, well, why, are they, why is this huge and lively group made into a category of people who are basically not white? Why is that? Why do we need to do that? None of it, for me, is uplifting. I don't know how it felt for you. But it didn't make me think, oh, great, we're going to talk about BAME stuff. Because none of it says anything about who anyone is. 
And, and what matters to Christians, what matters to those of us who follow Jesus is knowing one another. And the minute that we end up in a situation where, where we're talking about categories of people, we start to, to know one another less. For me, B-A-M-E or BAME is a dead description for such a large and lively group of people. Think about that. Think about categories. When I was thinking about categories of people, you think about a box. And I go back to this demon-possessed man. And I imagine him as a box filled with this fighting unit that has taken him over and possessed him. We make a box and we put stuff into it. And the world we live in, including sometimes the church, creates systems and boxes into which we put things. And the issues that matter to you often become frustrating and make you feel helpless, make me feel helpless, because they're in a box. And I can't get them out and show people what it's all about. That actually, once you say BAME, everyone switches off. And what we're talking about are people created in God's image. And Jesus recognizes this and transforms this man's life so that his neighbors and his townspeople can see who he truly is. That's the business Jesus is in. And if we don't get to that, we're maybe not in the same business as Jesus. That's how I'm started. This is the idea I'm playing with. I was reflecting on this uh, this week and remembering a conversation I had when I was training to be a priest, and I was talking to an ethics tutor called Beth that I had. And I'd broken my leg and I was at home and she came to do this tutorial at home. No mercy, she turned up. And we had, we're having this tutorial, Richard. And we, we, it was a great conversation. And I was talking about race and she was talking about issues around women and sexism in the church. And we both agreed that when you talk about these things, just like my friend when I suggested what might it feel like to you when I say BAME, people think, didn't we deal with that already? Didn't we do something about sexism? Didn't we do something about racism? Weren't there some marches? I signed a petition. Didn't we sort this out? And it's true, we make laws and we advertise now with diverse photos and the John Lewis Christmas ad is a black family and blah, blah, blah. We appoint senior black people to important roles. And my argument is that it's like changing orange juice to apple juice. It's just a change. It's important change. Sometimes you might want apple juice, so you switch from orange juice. But there's no real transformation going on, maybe. Maybe this isn't quite what we're after. It all looks neatly organized. But what needs to happen is that people need to become known through this. And is that happening? They need to become known to one another. And like us, when we reflect on what it feels like to be powerless or helpless, the powerless need to feel like they can take some power as well. This morning in our church, we were celebrating a win of housing in Shadwell. I'm not going to go into the details of it, but basically there's going to be some affordable housing up the road from our church. We've been campaigning for this with others in our neighborhood for a couple of years now. And we've just had this news. There's going to be housing for people to afford uh, homes in the neighborhoods that they've grown up and live in. And we were reflecting that the only way we could do this was by people knowing one another. People in the church, knowing people in the mosque, knowing parents in the school, knowing residents on the street. It couldn't happen with us all signing online petitions, agreeing that we need housing together. We had to know each other. 
And then once we knew each other, we had to take power, we had to take the power that we had together to make the change. And then politics takes us seriously. Those people, that diverse group of people, they know each other and they're all saying the same thing. We might respond to that. There's something fundamentally uh, Jesus-focused about that activity. Know one another and take power. There may have been some change, and we are thankful for change, but the gospel always says that there's more than that, that there's transformation. There's a shift in the old, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. There's lots of shifts. One of them, if you look at it plainly, is the end of the annihilation of the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Ammonites and whoever else, to the stories of Jesus in face-to-face conversations with a woman at the well to a story of exchange and recognition. God in Jesus Christ, knowing someone. But together with that, bringing power into a situation in order to transform it. That woman goes home, her life transformed through that exchange. Even Nicodemus, the religious leader, a man with positional power, an archbishop or whatever, recognizes Jesus' power and goes, sneaks along to him by night to have a conversation. There's something about you. And in that, there's a face-to-face conversation that puts Nicodemus back on his heels and makes him think, I'm in some kind of relationship here. I'm getting to know something, someone. Think about the faith of the Roman centurion, another powerful man in the streets, who says to Jesus, heal my daughter. I know you can do it. There's this recognition that in, exchange, in coming face-to-face with Jesus, you're meeting uh, someone who can transform your situation. The gospel says that it is in being known that the power of God is manifest to transform our lives and transform the world. And basically, if you believe the gospel, that is not an idea, that is reality. That is the life we, we now have to live together. Those that have been disconnected from relationships need to be reconnected in the church. In places like this, in services like this, we have to be reconnected one to another and then agree to turn our sights together in power through Jesus Christ on things that are wrong, on evil spirits in order to cast them out. I'm going to close with a little reflection that I've been having on Martin Luther King, someone we all know, a name we all know. And I think Martin Luther King has become a kind of diluted person in society. It's a bit like Bane when you say Martin Luther King. It's like, oh yeah, I have a dream, yeah, something in America. He's become less than the story maybe that he represents. But a glimpse into his story is revealing for us. Because I think he realized something important. He realized that if you do a sit-in at a restaurant where you're not supposed to be as a black person, Or if you sit in a bit of the bus where you're not supposed to be as a black person, what you're saying to the evil spirits of that age, to the authorities of that age, is you have to deal with me. My name is Rosa Parks and you have to deal with me. You have to know who I am. I'm forcing you into an exchange with who I am. What would it be like to face up to the thing that makes you helpless with yourself, standing in your own two feet and saying, you have to deal with who I am. And you do it while you take power. I'm sitting in this seat. 
taking some power. You have to deal with me. And that is transformational. That transformed the situation for that group of people. Jesus doesn't come to change the law. He comes to fulfill it. He doesn't come and say, well, we should legislate slightly differently so these people feel more included and understand who it is I am. He comes to fulfill it. He comes and says, this is who I am. You have to meet me. And I come with the power of God. We can't legislate or just protest or petition. We have to meet one another. You have to know me and I have to know you. And then together we share power. We, we focus our attention on those things that are wrong in society. And that is the greatness of the gospel. That's what we're after. Transformation comes when that desire to know one another and to take power then sets its sights on those things that are evil in society, the things that make us feel helpless. You know, Martin Luther King wasn't killed when some blacks went marching. He was killed on a, on a march about the rights of sanitation workers. That's the, around that time. Dustbin men and women, people who clean streets. And he was marching not just with blacks, but with Irish Catholics and Jews, with whites, with the wealthy and the poor. That's, that's when things start to get radical and dangerous, and extremely radical and dangerous for him, perhaps, in the end. But the point is that he understood we have to know one another, and then we have to, in our knowledge of one another, set our sights together on those things that are evil. And it's from that that things get cast out. That's the story that we have in Mark. That's what, those de- that's what those evil spirits recognized about Jesus Christ. Martin Luther King figured that out. So in conclusion, BAME and whatever the categories are that make us roll our eyes, in the end, they're about all of us. It's, I mean, I'm the dean of BAME ministry. I need to talk to the bishop about this. Because in a sense, it means nothing on its own because it's about all of us, black, Asian, minority, ethnic, well, that's nearly everybody. Why not just, you know? And it struck me that this is, just as I was sitting at the back, it struck me, maybe, something to ponder, that this is what the no longer Jew or Greek, no longer slave or free is actually all about. It's not saying it doesn't matter that you're a Jew or it doesn't matter that you're a Greek. It's saying it, it matters when you are now together under this authority, Jesus Christ, when you meet in this name. It's not denying who you are. It's not denying your identity. It's not denying the things that matter to you. God created you that way. It's important. But it's saying now we live under the authority of one. We become possessed by one who, under whom we can uh, set our sights on that which is wrong, on that which is evil. Change does not acknowledge that power is real. Change does not acknowledge that power is ongoing. That's why people who decide in the new year, like me, to give up bloody blathing in order to lose weight, say, give up after a while. Because change is not really acknowledging who I am. What I need is transformation around whatever it is I'm struggling with. And so what, when we're after something, real change, what we're after is transformation. 
So the Jews and the Gentiles begin to know one another and they begin to take power together. That's the rest of the story of the New Testament. That's what Paul comes along and realizes and inhabits. Read Acts to see what happens when people start to live together and act in power through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. One final little anecdote, again, from when I was studying in Cambridge, becoming a priest. And at the time, it was 2012, and now, and we're about to have in London, fantastically, uh, Bishop Sarah. But at that time, you couldn't have a Bishop Sarah. You couldn't have a, a, a female bishop. And there was some vote about whether this was going to finally be allowed. And there have been people campaigning on this issue. And the vote failed. And women were still excluded in 2012, I think it was, from being allowed to be bishops. And in my liberal Cambridge college, people were upset, people were angry, people were sympathetic. Uh, men were sympathetic with women and, and so on, who were all training together. And a friend of mine, Christoph, said that maybe what some of the men need to understand in their sympathy and their arms around these women, oh, I'm so sorry you can't be a bishop, is to actually say, I can't be a true priest until you can be a true priest in our church. I'm not fully whole until you're fully whole. Martin Luther King, I can't remember the quote precisely, says almost the same thing to white people who wanted to support his movement. Do you know you can't be fully whole in this society until I have some justice? We can't do this until we do this all together. And that's important. So I wonder what the story of Jesus Christ and the response of the people in Acts and maybe what Christoph and others have said about being whole together has to teach us about not just about BAME, black, Asian, minority, ethnic, whatever your thing might be, about us becoming known to one another and taking power together and setting our sights on things that are truly wrong, that are truly evil. And maybe like our little affordable housing campaign, you can actually shift a thing. You can make a thing happen. It's through embracing, I think, these two things, being known and taking power together, that transformation comes. Then maybe we can set our sights on those things that are demon-possessed in our society. And they're bound to be some of the things that are in our minds that upset us, that make us feel helpless. They're bound to be those things. But now, as Christians, this is behavior that Christians have through the power of Jesus Christ, maybe those things begin to shift. Amen. Thank you, Richard. Um,